Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Scott Stedman Podcast. Hopefully you are doing well as we are getting towards Christmas. Um, yeah, so that's going to be pretty exciting for um, me because I think for Christmas I get to do, for the first time ever, I get to be a part of four services on Christmas, <laughs> which is probably the most services I've ever been a part of on Christmas and joining me is my co-host, Micah Curry. Micah, how are you today? I'm good. Um, I've been there, done that, and I I don't miss it. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was about to say, I know like last uh, two weeks ago, we talked about you feeling weird about not going to church on a Sunday. I'm like, how's it going to feel with you not doing like 10 or 20 Christmas services? Uh, I'm just Or doing just one Christmas service, like. Like actually participating, mm. or actually not participating, but actually leading a Christmas service. How how's that going to be? You know, I was sharing with my wife yesterday that you know, um, Christmas is difficult for various reasons. Um, for some, it may be a death of a loved one. It may be um, you know just a hard time of year because you're alone, or you know X Y Z. But um, in respect to, to to ministry and respect to worship uh, leading specifically. I was telling Alicia yesterday or the day before that it's like, man, Christmas music is the hardest music to play because I, I, and I think the reason behind that is that, you know, it's, we play it once a year. There's a hundred different versions of every different song. And um, you just want to make sure that you're doing the right one so that your congregation feels comfortable, you know, celebrating and worshiping Jesus and the birth of Jesus. So it's, um, it's a challenge. Like I was thinking about, um, no, I wasn't thinking about it but like i was watching i think i was watching bethel's worship service from last sunday and um they did full bloom you know full bloom christmas set for their their morning worship service and they sang oh holy night and i mean it was beautiful however i looked at alicia and we were sitting on the couch in the living room and i was like man that's that's got to be the hardest song <laughs> to sing it's got to be the hardest song to to lead um it's so beautiful and so powerful but it's like it's like the slow Six, eight, one, mm-hmm. two, three, four, five, six, one, two, and you don't want to rush it, and you don't want to drag it, and you, it's just—it's so difficult to uh, to lead to play. It's one of my favorite Christmas songs, but um, yeah. So, kind of on a side tangent, but like it's yeah. um, Christmas music, man. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, and and even with Oh Holy Night, I believe like the vocal range is very large too, because you go low yeah. to go high, and I I think you know. When I was pastoring a small church, I think one time we played it one time, or actually we didn't play it. I played it on my bass with a track and tried to lead singing in that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm never doing that again. (laughs) Because I can't, my vocal range is very limited and I don't like singing or leading people in singing. So when I'm forced to, it's kind of like, and then I have to do that. It's like, no, I don't like it. So anyway, um, yeah, so speaking of Christmas, since we're going to be talking about kind of church services and Christmas services and and all that entails, uh, do you have any, uh, for our Story Gone Wild segment, do you have any like strange or weird Christmas stories from like whenever? <laughs> whenever. Um, whenever. <laughs> when you were a kid, when you're an adult, everywhere in between. Well, for our audience, um, 
you know, I I was you, you let me know this about five minutes ago that we were going to do it. Yeah, five minutes ago, hey, we're going to do a Christmas uh, story. It's gone wild. I'm going to throw a curveball. Yes. <laughs> so um, years ago, I was working at a church as the worship leader and um, it was kind of a, you know, it was part time, but like I was just hired to to do their social media and their website and was just doing um, worship on Sunday mornings. And so I really didn't have a lot of, you know, day to day operations. I didn't hold office hours because I, you know, I worked another job and was elsewhere most of the time. And, um, I had came in, uh, came in, I had come in on a Sunday morning and, um, was getting ready to run my rehearsal and, and walks the, the preacher's wife with a bunch of kiddos. And I was mm-hmm. like, what's going on? You know, mm-hmm. uh, like we were getting ready to, we just prayed. We just shared a devotion. I was getting ready to run rehearsal and, um, She's like, oh, we're doing a, a, a Christmas musical today. What? <laughs> and, and you know, in those moments, you just have to remain, you know, super calm because, like, you got volunteers in front of you. You've got, you know, you know lay people walking in, maybe visitors. And it's like, um, okay. And she got, like, super frustrated with me because, like, I wanted to to run rehearsal and she couldn't understand why. I was upset. And the reason I was upset was because nobody told me, Hey, this is happening. Like I would, I would have been, I would have been completely obliged to say, you know, go for it. You know, let's incorporate it in the service. And so like on the fly, you know, we've talked about it on your show before Scott, but like just uh small church mentality versus bigger church mentality where people over communicate things or they don't communicate things whatsoever. And this church just so happened to be a smaller situation. And, um, the pastor and his wife did everything except for, you know, lead worship. And so when they wanted to do something different or throw a curveball into worship, they never communicated the fact that, Hey, we're going to, we're going to do this today. And it's like, um, you don't see that there's a problem here. Like it, and it like, you know, long story short, it was just, it, it was frustrating, but at the same time, it was, um, we just, we just went with it, right? I did a song at the beginning. I did a song at the end. I prayed. And then um, they just did it after um, I did the first song and um, before the message. And so like, but at the same time, the other piece of that was it was a spacing issue because it was a smaller church and there wasn't like multiple rooms or classrooms that like they could go rehearse in and they wanted to rehearse in the sanctuary, which is, you know, fine. But again, if I would have known, I would have practiced either earlier or I would have just land accordingly so yeah yeah, i don't know if that's wild or not but at the same time you know but the pastor's life got super angry with me (laughs) well it's that's i mean because as someone who's like working with kids and doing like a a christmas nativity thing like i feel like if there was anything like that i would have to let people know like even the lead pastor's kind of taking taking up on doing a children's choir with not only kind of merging, not only the church kids, but even the preschool kids as well and doing that. And, you know, we're always checking in with each other. We're communicating. We're trying to figure all this stuff out. I think actually Wednesday, this Wednesday, we're going to kind of talk about the order of service and how that's going to flow. And I just, it's, it's, it's like anytime when we have these conversations, it's like, communicate people like 
I mean, just communicate. Like, that's all we're asking just to make sure you communicate things. And if you don't, you just expect, oh, by the way, we're just going to show up and we're going to have a bunch of kids sing. It's like, you can't do that. <laughs> so my weird story is, is not church related because I think this would have been a time. This may have been a time either we were just starting to go back to church or we haven't gone back to church yet with my family. So I was probably, I don't know, maybe 10, 11. So to set it up, my grandma used to make me clothes, but then she'd always get like these like discounted like prints that would be on sale at Join Fabrics. So sometimes I would get these outfits that she would make that were just ugly, like absolutely ugly, like to the point where I would get them and then I would never wear them because they're like, oh, this is so this gross. And I remember one vividly. It was like kind of like this weird, like tannish orange, like puke color <laughs> that had airplanes and stamps on them. Airplanes and that stamps. Like, I, and I'm like, dude, if I wore that to school, I would have got the crap kicked out of me <laughs> for just wearing something so ugly. So occasionally. I would just like if the, if she would make me and it wasn't necessarily like like she would make me like a button down shirt out of this material and then pants. But sometimes she'd make me like a button down shirt and like shorts, which was very weird. So a lot of times like I would just wear shorts and not even wear the button out top. I throw that in the trash. So anyway, it was Christmas. We're opening up presents. And I'm sitting there and I'm sitting in a beanbag chair. And just kind of sitting there and I'm getting gifts and, you know, we're sitting there, we're open. And there's this one where I open up a package and I'm holding like a NES game. I can't tell you which one I was holding up, but I was holding a Nintendo game. And, you know, parents, they always take pictures and stuff. Well, they get my pictures developed and my mom's looking through the pictures and she sees that one with me holding the game up, sitting in the beanbag chair. And my mom just starts cracking up laughing. And I'm like, what's so funny? And then she goes, she showed me the picture and I'm sitting there with my knees up, but you can see down my shorts and apparently something was escaping my shorts and we had photographic evidence of it. But here's the weird thing. It wasn't that, oh, I was exposed. It was, hey, we're going to hide this photo so whenever you have a girlfriend, we're going to show her this photo. And I'm thinking, what? Like, that's the weirdest thing. So as a kid, I'm like, no. So I'm trying to take this picture. My mom's like, like stiff arming me so she can hide the photo. Now, years later, I'm in college and I'm going around and I'm looking through photo books and I find that photo. So you know what I do? I take it and I throw it away. <laughs> So it's like the weirdest story I could think of of my Christmas memories. Like it wasn't just that the photo was taken. It was that, that they made a big deal of trying to hide this photo from me because they wanted to show like a girlfriend that I would occasionally have if at all. So they could show that picture. Like, why would you do that? Like my parents, if you're listening to this parents, why, why do you think that was a good idea? Cause it's not like, I don't think I'd ever do that to my kids. Like, 
<laughs> like I'll embarrass them, yes. Um, finally, not a flattering picture, and just say, "Hey, I'm going to hold on to this." And when I see your boyfriend or girlfriend, we're like, "Hey, here's my daughter with a bunch of food in her mouth from when we went to a barbecue place when she was eight years old." Like that doesn't make sense. But families are weird sometimes. <laughs> so that's my weird story, Mike. <laughs> Probably no comment. <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Knowing you. Knowing me. Hey, I just sat and you there. had a and you had a video game in your hand. What a surprise. Yeah, video, video yeah, there's nothing surprising about that. Video game in a hand, wearing ugly shorts, having something slip out, you know. That's the usual in the Scott Stedman household. All right. Anyway, so today we're gonna talk about Christmas and and one of the big things that I've been seeing kind of trending through the different social media platforms has been really two things. One has been seeing mega churches put on these elaborate Christmas presentations, like flying drummer boys to, um, I think I saw one where they did a church out in Oklahoma did like a a Christmas program on the Grinch and the Grinch was doing like the Michael Jackson thriller dance, just bonkers stuff. But then the other main thing, and this is kind of where our topic is really focusing on Christmas and should churches cancel having service on Christmas Eve or on Christmas day, especially when that day falls on a Sunday, whether it's a Christmas Eve falls on a Sunday or Christmas day falls on a Sunday. Usually staff people kind of have to debate do we have service as usual or do we cancel a service or downgrade a service because it does fall you know sunday does fall on a actual holiday or the holiday happens to fall on a sunday so so micah what has your been experience have you ever been to a church where they flat out canceled a church service because it fell on a sunday um, I don't think that they've canceled because it's been a Sunday yet, at least in my experience, because it would have been prior to COVID, I think mm. would have been right the last time we had a Sunday, like, cause this year Christmas falls on a Sunday, New Year's falls on a Sunday. And yeah. so, um, the, you know, that hasn't happened since COVID, but I think, and Alicia and I were talking about this yesterday, but like since COVID people are more accustomed to watching church online. And I, I'm a big you know, fan of if you have the means and the resources and can produce the content to do that, then why not? Um, mm-hmm. Friends, several friends of mine who are pastors and leaders in churches all over the country are doing various things because um, church does fall on Sunday this year. Uh, when I was a, a, you know, a little boy, my, you know, my dad's a pastor and um, we, I remember doing Christmas Eve service on Saturday, Christmas morning. Uh, we did Sunday morning service. I think we did it earlier than what we normally did service. So if it was like at 1030, we did nine or we did eight or 830 or something like that. And then because our family was further away, um, that helped us get in the car after Christmas and then just, you know, go see our families. And so uh, that's kind of how we did things back then. But uh yeah, I, I know a friend of mine, uh, he and his wife uh, are on staff at the church, and um, they're doing two online service. They're doing Christmas Eve in person, 
two Christmas Eve services in person, and then they're doing two services online Sunday morning this year, just as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, I know uh, another friend of mine's church, uh, he's out in Oklahoma City, and no, it's not Jordan, but um, <laughs> the, you know, our friend Jordan Halstead, but uh, they they do, they go all out, but like, in reference or respect to the the conversation you and I were having about the big productions and, you know, mm-hmm. Drummer Boy and Grinch and stuff like that, they literally just do, um, you know, your standard Christmas Eve service or your standard Christmas service where it's not, I mean, they'll have communion, they'll have candlelight, they'll have worship, they'll have teaching, but, but it's not, um, it's not that full blown, I don't know if a, I think extravaganza is a good word. Um, they just, uh, they do just that, you know, standard service. They don't go all out with, um, you know, they have a lot, they have a really nice setup as far as production and, and lighting and video and stuff like that. So yeah. they can, they can pull that off. And I just pulled their, uh, their Christmas schedule up as we were talking, but like, it looks like, they don't have anything listed for Sunday per se, but what they're going to do at their main campus is they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve Christmas Eve services. Mm. So they'll they'll do um they're going to do four on Friday, and they'll do nine on Saturday. So, but they're in different they have different venues within their buildings. But again, it's going to be that it's going to be like okay. Let's stand together. Let's worship. Let's do communion. Let's do teaching. Let's do candlelight. Let's sing Silent Night. Let's go home, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, the one of the churches I used to work at, they did a, a huge production called Illuminate, and mm-hmm. it was like this big, like Trans Siberian Orchestra thing, and they did it like four nights in a row, and they had like I don't know four thousand people come to this thing, and yeah. it was it, every year. It was crazy. It was a big production for them, and um, yeah. So I don't I don't know if that answers your question, but it's kind of like all over the place, <laughs> but like. But in respect to the the conversation about having church on Sunday morning, I, I'm seeing all different kinds of um, solutions or uh, what. Like I know some people will have church no matter what. They're not gonna they're not gonna not have church, right? They're just gonna they're kind of the older, you know, the old guard as far as the old generation, and they're like, oh, we're having church. It's on a Sunday, so you know, maybe yeah. five people will show up, but. <laughs> It's uh, you know, but we have the technology now. So if you want to do church online, you're gonna have to, you know church online. You're gonna have the ability to watch it and um, pre-record it and do all those things. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where, you know, when you look at church staff and if they're going to cancel or if they're going to, and I feel like that's always been like a newer phenomenon. Like I I can remember. We always went through as a kid, we always went to Christmas Eve service, especially when we started when my family started going back to church when I was like fifth grade, sixth grade. Um it was like that was always a given. It didn't matter what day it fell on, you always did church. Even if it's like like this year, where it's like, okay, Christmas Day falls on a Sunday, Christmas Eve falls on a Saturday, like Everything went as normal. There was no cancellation. Only time there would have been a cancellation is if there was a big blizzard and it's like, sorry, we're closing everything down due to safety concerns of snow. Mm-hmm. Um, 
now it seems like it, um, I can even think about, you know, maybe five years ago. I can't remember. There was a time where it it kind of did one of those things where it seemed like Christmas Eve and Christmas Day kind of fell like right on a Sunday. And I always had these minister meetings up in Virginia and we would get together and that would be a topic of debate. Do we cancel? Do we not? And, you know, some pastors are like, no, we got to keep everything it is. I know it's an exhausting season. Advent's exhausting for a lot of people and a lot of pastors, but, you know, it's Christmas. It's so we got to keep the, keep the tradition going where some of them are okay saying, Hey, instead of having like two or three services on a Sunday morning, we're just going to have one condensed service. And we're just going to all meet and we're all going to show up. And I think a lot of times they do that because they know, Hey, most people probably aren't going to show up to church on Sunday. If that's been the trend or that they've seen in their churches, we're just going to do one service. Or maybe if you have like six services you do, we're going to do three. Because mm-hmm. there's no point Try in doing six services. And there's no point in doing six services if you do like your eight o'clock service. And like there's that one person that's there all the time. And that's the only person there. But it's like that person can easily sleep in for a couple days or for a couple hours and then show up at the 10 o'clock service and be just as fine. Um, so, yeah, I think that when it comes to planning that, you have to really know. I think it's two things. You really have to know your people and kind of the expectation that they have, because for them, Christmas is a time for families to get together. Sometimes it's like, well, my family's coming into town and we all go to church together. So if you cancel, then, you know, you kind of take away from family traditions, and that can be hard. At the same time, I also think on the other side of that coin, if you are a church that is constantly saying, well, the church isn't a building, the church isn't something that happens Sunday morning, that the church is a body in that we can still do church, whether it's inside the church walls or outside the church walls. Then there's also a part of me that says, well, if you really are going to practice what you're preaching, maybe it's okay not to have a service because then the people should be able to do discipleship and kind of do these church traditions within their own home or with their family. You know, you can you know, depending on your tradition, you know, anybody can read the Christmas story out of the Bible. Anybody can have a time of reflection. You can have a time of prayer. Um, you know, maybe maybe you can't do communion because with your tradition, you have to have like the pastor do the elements and do the ritual for communion. But for the most part, I mean, if you're saying, hey, as a church, we are a church that should be mission forward, we should be mission focused, and, you know, the church is not a building, then I don't see why not. It's like, okay, church, here's what we're going to practice what you're preaching. We're going to cancel Christmas Eve service, be with your families, but also, you know, use that time to disciple your children, disciple your families that may be coming into town, you know. Let's practice what we preach. So I don't know. That those are just kind of some of my thoughts. What are what what do you think about that, Micah? Well, I think too, like you're never gonna make everybody happy. Yeah. Right. And so it's it's almost it's it's kind of like this um you know, un 
I don't um trying to use the words wisely, but like it's not uh you know some people live for for going to church mm-hmm. because that's all they have. Yeah. Right. But like Scott, you're young, you have a family, you have kids, and it's hard for pastors to and leaders to go be with their families, especially on the holidays, let alone you know, any other weekend of the year where, you know, you're just expected to to be at church every, I mean, and granted you get vacation days and, and things like that, but like Christmas is a special time of year. So uh, it's, you know, we've shared this word before, but balance is a, is a super important thing. But like, if you can, you know, convince your folks like, Hey, you know, we're going to go out for Christmas Eve and we're not going to have Christmas day services. Then, that should be okay because why would you do the same thing, you know, (laughs) two days in a row? Uh, If, if in fact that's, excuse me, if in fact that's what you were going to do as far as uh, the outline of your service. However, um, we have, we have a generation of people who are just, you know, glued to these things. And, you know, for those who can't see us, I just waved my phone in the air. Uh, we have a generation that are glued to to their phones. And so it's like, you know, I can watch it on my phone. I can watch it on my TV at home. I can watch it on my iPad. I can watch mm-hmm. it anywhere. You know, Crossroads Church in Cincy calls it Crossroads Anywhere because it's literally you can watch church anywhere you go. Yeah. Um, we also have the ability and the technology to pre-record things, right? And Facebook and YouTube and other platforms on social media, can you can pre-record and, and schedule you know, your live streams so that services are just automated. And so um, does that take a little bit of work? Yes. Um, You know, you have to be in front of a camera. You have to have somebody that knows how to edit and produce and, you know, put together that content. And uh, you want to make sure that it looks good and it doesn't look super cheesy. Because Mm -hmm. Scott, if anything, we learned in 2020 when COVID happened that (laughs) some churches don't look great as far as the live stream concern is uh, concerned, because um, it's, uh, you know, they don't think about things like, man, that backdrop doesn't look great. Or maybe our sanctuary doesn't look good on camera because it's got that 60 year old carpet or, you know, the wood paneling in the backgrounds or whatever. Uh, and you know, if you're running your, your audio through your board, like to your live stream, making sure stuff like that's turned on in your live stream so that you can actually hear people. Right. Yeah. It's you got to, and I, and I tell people this all the time when I consult with churches, but like you have to think two dimensional, you have to think of the room and you have to think of folks that are watching online. And so I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent here, but like the, the, the idea of, you know, I don't have their answer and you, I don't think you have the answer either, but like, I, I, I'm a big proponent of giving people options uh, and uh, you've got this older generation who doesn't think that that's okay. And then you got this younger generation that says, why not? And it's like, I, I, I don't really know the answer, but like, I think times are changing, the world's changing. And so we live in a tech technology age where if I can sit at home and watch church um, from my couch and be with my family on Christmas, I'm going to do that versus... Yeah you know, going in person, you know, and some would say the argument to that would be, well, it's only an hour, you know, you, you just have to give up an hour of your day, but there's arguments to both sides of that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, 
<sighs> yeah. I mean, and do, you, I think do you know the answer? Do you no, know the I answer know. to that question? I mean, like, no, it's I just, think, I think, I mean, I think if anything, it's all about, especially like, you know, if you're going to have service, if you're not, if you're just going to do something online, because I think a lot of times, a lot of church services were online. Like even now, like I was um, before the show, I said that, you know, we've had a couple of COVID cases within the preschool at the church that I work at. And they're, they're supposed to be like this Christmas pageant that the preschool is supposed to do uh, this Tuesday. It's been canceled. Um, and then now just within what we're seeing from like the Ohio uh, Department of Health that not only are we seeing a, a spike in COVID cases, but we're also seeing a spike in flu and RSV. So we're seeing that these huge spikes of sickness going around. So it's almost like, hey, we're going to, you know, cancel these events. And um, even now, like Laura, my wife, she's supposed to be traveling to go visit family up in Michigan. And she was supposed to stop because some of the people that we usually will hang out with for Christmas with my family, like they're not going to be there because they're going to be traveling. So they wanted to meet Friday, this Friday. They wanted to meet real quick for like a dinner to, you know, exchange gifts and stuff. And they're not doing that now because they ended up get, having being diagnosed with COVID. So it's like, sorry, we're not meeting because we have COVID. And I mean, as much as we would, I think I think a lot of people are just sick of COVID. And just sick of hearing that word or and how much that kind of disrupts everything, uh, life. But I mean, even though we're kind of to the point where we've opened up more and we're walking around and even like with the outbreak, I mean, I still walked around without a mask on, not because I'm just like, ha I'm going to defy COVID. It was just more, I just didn't think about it because it's like, I'm not intermingling with the preschoolers. I'm in my office, but occasionally I'd have to go up in there because that's where some of my craft supplies are and everything else and it's like oh i probably should have wore a mask or if i'm picking up my daughter it's like oh i should have probably wore a mask when i picked her up because everyone else is wearing a mask my bad but no one says anything and everyone's just like okay like here's your daughter like they're all saying like sir yeah, how come we, you're not wearing we a mask what did we do before covid though like to your yeah. point of not wearing a mask you know people mm -hmm. people took their chances and got sick yeah <laughs> so and and i'm not i'm trying i'm not please don't take it though i'm not trying to downplay it by any means but i'm just saying yeah. that like we we lived in a society prior to 2020 where people just got sick and showed up to work sick and their kids were sick and we you know we just kind of lived our lives and i think that's kind of the way to your point scott that people kind of reverted back to and um i think i said it yesterday though alicia but i'm like man i'm so glad i don't have to wear a mask at work <laughs> <laughs> like i sit in my office like the majority of the day and I don't go, you know, I have to go across the hall and ask somebody a question or something. But like, for the most part, I sit in my, I didn't need to wear a mask sitting at my desk all day. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And I know and we weren't required, we weren't required to do that. But when we got up to walk around the building and stuff, we were. But at the same time, it's, uh, you know, I, again, I do what you need to do. Right. And if mm -hmm. you feel safe that's that's up to you right so yeah. like it's it, does that is that kind of playing into the narrative of like your church or what you guys are going to do or no i mean we're still we're still on schedule as far as having our regular services like we're not going to um just the preschool things. stuff is what you were talking about the preschool yeah the preschool stuff they've canceled all their stuff um and even and i think that's kind of the big thing too it's like 
Like, cause right, right now, last night we got a thing that someone in my daughter's room in my daughter's classroom tested positive for COVID. But right now that's one, that's like one account. So they're still going to have them in school, but they're saying we're still going to keep our mask policy up. So all they did is they said, we're still having school. We're going to do a mask policy. It's just one of our younger kid rooms that meet down in our basement. Like there is at least four or five kids that tested positive for COVID. So they basically canceled school last Friday. And then Monday, all the all the classes resumed except for that one class. And then they didn't start back till Tuesday. Cause I guess according to Ohio, the Ohio Department of Health, it's like, well, if there's been a COVID, couple COVID cases, then you know, five days, you can't meet in that space for five days. So that's why they just kind of said, Okay, we're shutting this room for five five days. We're gonna sanitize it, we're gonna spray it let it set for five days and then we all resume. And that was, I don't know if that was ODH's policy or if that's just the school's policy. Um, Cause again, lots of policies for different things, but that's yeah, still a I, thing. In 2022. I think, so. I think wow. so. Yeah, it is. Um, so it's just one of those things where, you know, I think, I think it also depends on, like you said, you know, you're not going to make everyone happy, but at the same time, I think as ministers, we have the the blessing and the curse of navigating people through the holiday season. So if you want to have church service because you felt like, hey, making sure people have a good Christmas and have that time of fellowship and candle lighting and caroling and and communion, and that's very important to you, even though where you live, COVID is running rampant and you still want to have in-person services, then that's your choice. And if your board's ahead, if your board agrees and then you do it. And then if people show up, the people who want to be there will be there. And the people who are hesitant to be there, they're not going to be there. And there's nothing you can really do about that. Versus if you're someone who goes, well, the safety of my parishioners is important, even though they are an older congregation, I want to, I don't want them to get COVID in case something happens and then have to do like six funerals in January. Um, then yeah, do an online service or pre-record it. And then just, you know, if you schedule it and say, okay, we have a service that's going to be scheduled to go live on a YouTube and Facebook page at six o'clock on Christmas Eve, Merry Christmas. And then that way, you know, if the pastor wants to go do stuff with his family or they want to travel early to visit family, they can do that because they don't have to be there at the building to do a service because it's pre-recorded and then you're ready to go. And I think that's okay too, but I think it's all about communication and just kind of letting people know, Hey, this is what we're doing. This is kind of our, our, our big push of why we're doing this. So that's it. Merry Christmas. Like, <laughs> I mean, I try not be nonchalant about it, but I mean, there's really, there's nothing well, you, you can really do. People are going to get upset whether you have it or you don't have it, whatever the reasons are. But I think if you communicate the vision and you communicate why we're doing these things, and I think people kind of under at least would understand why the church is doing things this way than what would be the normal way of doing things. Yeah, and I think to, to piggyback off of that, you know, again, not to downplay covid or church or mm-hmm. anything like that but like you have 52 weeks a year and if christmas just so happens to fall on uh a sunday then you know if you ch- if you choose to go the online route and choose to pre-record it and just throw it online 
then that's one Sunday where you, you know, the church can give back and say, Hey, spend time with your friends and family. Right. I mean, I, I, it gives, I, I look at it as a win, right? Like as the pastor and his staff get to spend time with their family, if they're doing it ahead of time of pre-recording, the church gets a week off. And then the first Sunday in January, it's just like a refresh or restart. Like you're just going to go, you know, full on into the new year. And it just gives you sell, it gives your church and your ministry an opportunity to, uh, to restart. Right. And so, uh, I'm okay with that. The, um, I don't know, kind of the idea of, we did that a couple of years back when Christmas was like on a Sunday or something. And we had church. I remember playing or leading worship or something. And I remember playing the last time that Christmas was on a Sunday, which would have mm-hmm. been what, 2015, 2016, sometime in that frame, time frame. Yeah. But like nobody showed up to church. We had like 20 people. <laughs> so kind of the same thing on thing. I think it was around Thanksgiving too, the week after the Sunday after Thanksgiving, there was like nobody there in either one of our services. So um, I don't know, like you're saying, Scott, it's like a win-win lose-lose kind of thing. And so, uh, yeah, just as I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, as long as that communication is um, expressed and, and people know what's going on, I, I think you're good. I still think people will show up to church, <laughs> even if the doors are shut and the doors are locked. People yeah. are like, I showed up for church last week. Yeah, they'll show up and they go, oh, I didn't get that. <laughs> I didn't see it. Like, it's been posted in the bulletin. It's been communicated from the stage. It's been on our social media side. It's been in the email. Like, <laughs> What more people do you want? Either people show up or people just won't show up. And like, oh, I didn't know we had this event going on. It has been communicated through lots and lots of channels. So... <laughs> so goodness gracious so as we uh as we wrap everything up um because yeah this episode um, has been all over the place it has been all over the place but it's okay i mean i guess at the end of everything like what is it that i'm trying to figure out how to phrase this because it seems i'm trying to get my thoughts in order huh what I guess what is one of the things that I think that you think would make Christmas special at a Christmas service? Like what's one thing that I think people really need to focus on to really make a Christmas Eve or Christmas day service really resonate with people, whether that's online or whether that's in person. I mean, as cheesy and as, candid as it sounds the true meaning of christmas is the birth of jesus and mm-hmm. uh, the savior that comes into the world and you know to come die for our sins and to to give us new life in him uh it's it's uh it's important to get that message across even if nothing else happens um, yeah. during that hour uh i was watching a couple of weeks ago bethel church today um it was called like the christmas tree service or the christmas lighting service where they kind of like presented their platform and their design they had some really cool worship and some of their staff t- shared different um, different passages. And I was actually reading it this morning, but it, it's the Isaiah 42 passage when the Lord's chosen servant. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they read through that and it was, I never, you know, I've read through that before and I've read through that passage, but I never thought about it through the lens of the birth of Christ. And so they, 
know, some light keys playing in the background. These pastors read this passage and it was just, um, yeah, it was, it was very, very powerful and they kept it simple, right? It wasn't super, uh, you know, profound or anything like that. And the lighting wasn't all over the place and, you know, they didn't have, you know, people screaming and hooting and hollering, but it was just like this powerful intimate moment of the reminder mm-hmm. of who Jesus was and who Jesus, like, uh, you, you look all through the Old Testament and you look at the the prophets uh, and Isaiah and others declaring, you know, that there was a savior coming to the world. And so I think it's just a simple reminder, um, this the simple reminder that, you know, we need to remember why we do this thing called Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think for me, like I, I, I would agree with all that. I think the other thing that I would focus on is, you know, the one thing that people always do, or most churches always do at a Christmas service is they always do the Advent candle. And I Mm -hmm. think, do we really understand why we're lighting these candles and why we're doing Advent and why we're leading up to Christmas Eve service? Because if you're, if your whole, if your whole strive is to be at a Christmas Eve service and you kind of neglect or don't even pay attention to everything leading up to that, then I think you kind of miss the whole elements. Because if you think about all the Advent candles, uh, hope, peace, love, and I always forget the other one. Um, joy. Joy. I mean, all those things comes from Jesus Christ. So the idea that we have hope, we have joy, we have love, uh, we have all these things and they all kind of cement right into what Jesus brings through his arrival, then I think when it comes to celebrating Christmas Eve, whether it's in person, whether it's online, whether it's an online service, whether it's a pre-recorded service, is that how can I, as a follower of Christ who says that I believe in Jesus and I believe in everything that he came for, everything that he has accomplished on heaven and on earth, then how can I be a servant or how can I usher the joy of Christ this season? How can I usher in the love of Christ, not only this season, but even into the new year? Yeah, I think if we focus on those things and we really look at all of everything we do from the end of Thanksgiving to... <laughs> to Christmas, to our Christmas services, then that's a big part of, I believe that's a big part of transformation in our own lives of just trying to get back to the basics of why we celebrate the season in the first place. And then also living it out as well. Hmm. Yeah. Well, friends, Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've gotten something out of this podcast. Maybe you're a pastor or an elder struggling. Oh, what do we do about these church services that fall on Sunday? You know, do we do them? Do we not do them? Do we do live stream? Like all these other things that you're struggling with. And and I, at least at, by the time you're listening to this episode, hopefully you've made a decision. If you have not, then, then God bless you. But I, but, you know, this may be something that can help navigate. Maybe this might be something that you guys listen to. You go, well, this is how I can navigate my church or navigate my board when we're making these decisions on how to navigate when we have these big um, 
Christian holidays fall in on our regular um, Sundays and how do we navigate those things. So guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and we'll be back on with another episode. Take care. Oh,